Hello, what's your point? You know, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, Garnett, the important role that you're playing on WPKN in not simply independent journalism but making sure voices get out. The reality is that as we talk about social media and criticism and hashtags, conversation, like deep dialogue about these issues is really what we're going to need if we're going to ever get to that point of reimagination. So I just wanted to, to thank you. You know, we've got a list for the revolution, um, and that revolution really is going to uh, have to be one that allows us to, to conquer these inequalities and move forward as, as, a, as a nation as a whole, but also as a community united. Okay, thank you so much. Dialogue is very important for the continuation and maintenance of a democracy. One should be tolerant of all views different to yours. It is much better to use words to settle differences than with weapons. You see, weapons destroy human beings. When all these differing views are put together, a consensus should be found to move the nation forward together for one common cause. At the end of an argument, we may disagree, but not become disagreeable. live in the studio and uh, for that I decided to open the phone lines and let you talk. You should have a lot on your mind. 20 months? Wow, it's a long time. I've been doing, uh, maybe some of you may not realize, uh, it was all recorded. I recorded the shows and sent them in and uh, I was away for the last, uh, t- uh, what, since my last show was on Independence Day, uh, July 4 of this year. That was my last recorded show. So I've been away. You know, thanks again to Audiophile Anonymous, uh, Michael Dunham, and I Messiah for having sat in for me while I was away. And uh, this show also is dedicated to the memory of my dear friend, Mickey Barnes, who uh, sadly departed us uh, some uh, time ago. And I'm sure where she here, she would either be out shopping with her son or at home listening to this um, show. Then we'll have a talk at the end of the show. All right, the number to get in touch, uh, 203-336-9756. And I'll give you time to... uh, to go grab your paper and something to with, with which to write, and uh, we'll have uh, 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 some time here talking. And uh, I just remember that um, your views are your views, and uh, we can agree to disagree and not become disagreeable. And uh, we're going to keep it FCC uh, safe, FCC standard when you uh, speak here with me. And um, just remember. The use of expletives are forbidden. So you should be mindful of that when you call. And I don't want to be here talking for the entire hour because I give you the opportunity now for you to talk. Call up if you, you know, what are you having for breakfast this morning? You can, you can talk about that. What are you, uh, what are, how, how do you plan to spend the rest of this week? Uh, what's happening in your neck of the woods? How things are going with you? Are you searching for a job? Uh, uh, do you have a job? Anything. So, you know, w- when I give you this opportunity, just grab it. 
because uh, they don't come very often because I try to get guests on the program for you to educate you. So so it's uh, nice if you call in and um, uh, tell, share with the listening audience your, your views on what's happening around you, whatever situation is. And um, okay, so today is the United Nations Day. Uh, this day, October 24, 1945, the United Nations was established. The Charter of the United Nations, the world's premier international organization, established at the end of World War II to maintain world peace and friendly relations among nations entered into force this day, October 24, 1945, 76 years ago today. So, big up the United Nations. I know it's challenging for them to do stuff around the world, and people may say, what's the purpose of the United Nations? But it's doing a, a, a whole lot of good all over the world, and uh, you should understand the, the, the structure of the United Nations uh, were... The United Nations is differently structured, it would be better organized. We need to find a way to get rid of the those five permanent members who must say yes on anything for it to work. We need to get rid of that because we see here in the world where nations look out for their own self-interest. As they should, but if it's going to affect somebody adversely, why would you want to do that? So, for argument's sake, if the five world powers are, are voting and just one of them say no and everybody else say yes, it can't go. We need to get rid of that or find something to because the world is suffering while these things are happening. The United States play that game, Russia plays that game, and so forth. So we need to realize that we need to do much better than that. People are suffering all over the world. 40 million people in this world go without food daily while we have food in the United States wasting, wasting up. Just look back in Appalachia, some of those places in the United States. Even in your backyard here in uh, in Bridgeport, I'm sure people are struggling with food. You know, the, 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 the impact of the pandemic has caused people to be out of jobs, that kind of thing. People are struggling. A lot of people are struggling. You know, so again, the United Nations is playing an important role in the world today. And because of them, many wars that would have started didn't happen. And they can do so much, as I said, because of the, the, the veto power of five permanent members who must say yes on anything for it to happen. All right, so all right, so let's. Uh, uh, you can talk about the United Nations if you so choose. Uh, the telephone number to get in touch: two zero three 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 six nine seven five six. That is the number for you to get in touch uh, and uh, voice your opinion on any topic of the day or even the way you're feeling or what you think about what's going on uh, in the United States, in the world today. What, do you th what are your thoughts on the pandemic? Uh, we see um, it is still ravaging the world and uh, it's slowed down a bit here in the United States and here in Connecticut. Connecticut is one of the states that is... Um, Hats off to Dan, uh, to um, the, the governor. He's uh, doing human service. Uh, whether or not you agree with what he's doing in terms of mandating stuff and so on, he's doing a, a, a decent job in trying to combat uh, this deadly pandemic that has caused the lives of many of our fellow human beings in the world. And as I said earlier, uh, Today's What's Your Point is dedicated to the memory of a dear friend and colleague, Mickey Barnes, who passed away a few months ago. May her soul continue to rest in power. And uh, so until the philosophy which holds one race superior and another inferior is permanently discredited, and abandoned, 
that until there are no longer first-class and second-class citizens of any nation, that until the color of a man's skin is of no more significance than the color of his eyes, that until the basic human rights are equally guaranteed to all without regard to race, until that day, the dream of lasting peace and world citizenship and the rule of international morality will remain but a fleeting illusion to be pursued but never attained. Haile Selassie, you're in touch with uh, what's your point here live in the studios? Yes, I'm live in the studio. I need to tell you that because you may think it's recorded. I'm live here. So the telephone number to get in touch is 203-336-9756. Again, the contact line, 203-336-9756. And uh, uh, there's talk of the United States being exceptional and democracy, uh, which is the envy of the world. And uh, I'm looking and I'm saying, you know, there's nothing exceptional about racism. There's no democracy here in the United States. When a racist fellow who formerly occupied the White House, to this day, close to a year after his feared defeat, is saying the current occupant of the White House is not the winner of the last presidential election, and Republican members of the United States Congress are in agreement with him, we cannot truly say this nation is exceptional, nor democratic. Am I I missing something here? When on January 6th this year, the United States Capitol building was invaded by a group of racists, homegrown terrorists, The Republicans in the United States Congress looked the other way. We are not living in an exceptional nor democratic nation. We need to wake up and smell the roses. When Republicans twice had the chance to remove a racist criminal from the White House via impeachment and removal, many voted to have him remain in office. Then how can anyone call this nation exceptional and democratic? Do we have the moral authority to go anywhere in the world to tell people about how to run country? No, we don't. This nation does not. There is nothing exceptional about uh, these actions. Why are politicians going around the world and preaching democracy while suppressing it at home? How can that be, be, how can that be logical? It's like up is down, down is up, left is right, right is left. Now, are we in a dystopia? Is that what's going on here? Voter suppression and voter nullification are taking place in many states run by Republicans. How can any of them in good conscience call this a democracy? Respect is due, though to Republican Congresswoman Liz Cheney and Republican Congressman Adam Kinzinger. They are the shining light. We're saying, listen, we need to call a spade a spade. This is about your country. Your country is calling, Republicans. This is not about ideology. The nation is at a very serious crossroads right now. Apart from the two Republicans I named earlier, who are the others anywhere in this country standing up for democracy and fair play and equal rights? And I'm not talking about their, their vote in terms of whether they are conservative or progressive. That is beside the point. The point is we are trying to save a country from the grips of a tyrannical former leader. That's what is happening here. And when, even if it's what Democrat we should be saying the same thing too. When this nation was attacked by homegrown racist terrorists, it was attacked on every American person living here and living abroad. This is an attack on the on the, the soul of this nation. This is tantamount to a foreign invader coming in, attacking the White House. So when this happened, 
We need to take off party stripes and party banner and say, listen, we need to fight this with all our might because it's right. There is a situation in the United States where the Democrats are merely trying to play by the rules, but they're not perfect. The Republicans, on the other hand, are mainly white, racists, lawless, and anti-democratic group of people who believe only when they win, the elections were fair. It's like a little boy playing with his friends and in the middle of the game, he's setting the rules and his friend defeated him in the marble, so he took up his marbles and go home. This is childish behavior from a major political party in this land. We cannot continue and call ourselves democratic and fair-minded. And this is not partisan. Call it what you will. But anybody with a conscience will, and listen to me right now can clearly see that this, what I'm saying, is not partisan. This is a matter of fact, and we need to do something about it. I have been saying for a while, the Republican Party at this stage and for the last four years been run by a person who has no political ideology. He stands for nothing. He is transactional. He's not about progressive versus conservative because he has no core. The Republicans are now worshipping at the altar of a cult leader who tried his best to destroy this nation. And he's trying again. As a matter of fact, why are people keep talking about this guy should not be able to run for any office, even the dog catcher? Why can't people start talking that? Why can't he be arrested and put before a tribunal or something? This is serious. And he said, it's not about this guy running for office. This is about the morality of it. Because even if you know he's going to lose, he should not run. Because of the principle of it, he should... So, there's so many um, uh, Republicans out there who can become presidential candidates. Why him? Who has no moral compass? Why should he again be given the keys to the White House? You know, people are just going by their business. We're in the middle of a pandemic and people are not paying attention. Wake up, people. It's time. I remember when 9-11 happened. I was on the air at another radio station. And I have the tapes can play back to you. When George W. Bush was going into Iraq and was on air weeks after weeks after weeks telling people, telling the people in the Senate and the House if they could hear me, don't believe them. If I, as a little guy out there, could see that they were lying, why couldn't they see? And they have access to more intelligence to the intelligence that I don't have access to. And God bless his soul, my Jamaican, Colin Powell, who passed away the other day. Uh, may his soul rest in power. And I was so angry at him when he went before the United Nations and lied. And I think he knew that he was lying. You could see it on his face. I was watching it live. You know, Oh, Saddam Hussein was a dangerous, wicked, brutal tyrant. But he did not invade the United States. And they all knew it. I knew it. So if I knew it, why couldn't they know it? And I still believe George Bush should pay for this. Yes, George Bush, a decent, honorable man. But he made a devastated mistake into going to Iraq. It's not about party politics, it's about the facts as they're on the ground. If I could see when it was happening and I said, listen, people, we need not to get into this war. We'll be set in a quagmire for years. I didn't want to be prophetic. And then what they did, they went up to Afghanistan, didn't learn from the Soviets at the time. They later became Russians. The Soviet Union invaded Afghanistan and, and troops were there for years. And they had to take up their marbles and, went and go back home. And then this current president abruptly just left 
Afghanistan, just like that. And I think it was what what president this current president did was a shame, a crying shame. It seems as if there was nothing, there was no structure, there was nothing uh, put in place, it seemed, just by an observer looking. It was so wishy-washy. You know, that was a low point of this current president's term in office. To leave the country just like that. We're not saying he shouldn't have left, but the way in which he did it. And people who, why these people who helped uh, American troops with language translation, the kind of thing. Why weren't these people moved out of the country before all this quagmire took place? It was a big fumble on the part of this administration. And it's a black eye in the eyes of President Biden. It was wrong the way he did pull out of the country. We're not saying he should be there forever, but the way he left was not was not good and um and uh, we should also remember too that a previous guy in the white house set this to go in place but at the same time president biden could have postponed it somewhat just to give these people time to leave can you see what's going on now with the taliban leading the country and Sorry, and women's rights are being trampled on. And then the United States going around there to talk about what? To say what? They have no right telling anybody anything. The United States have the moral authority to say nothing to anybody in the world about anything. To do with politics and the running of country. Look what's going on in our backyard. And you see what I'm saying? Uh, the telephone number to get in touch... 203-336-9756. Again, 203-336-9756. Listen, my audience, I didn't plan anything here. I'm just talking. So I want you to call in. You know, to call in and uh, voice your opinion about what's going on. You don't have to agree with anything I'm saying. But we can have a civilized discussion and we can agree to disagree. Right? But one thing I'm not going to do, though, I'm not, I don't have any tolerance for racism. There's no tolerance. No one should have tolerance for racism because it's wrong and it's destroying people in this country and the world. So there should be, yes, I'm a tolerant person and anybody who knows me know that, but I have no tolerance. I have no patience for racism. That's what I want to let you know. All right? So the telephone number to get in touch uh, to, with your opinions, with your views, 203 Three three six nine seven five six, and uh, you don't have to be discussing what we're talking about. Anything that comes to mind, whether you think I'm a dull person, you can come and say that too. You can talk about it. I'm not afraid to talk, and to even if you describe or you criticize me, uh, my my back is broad. You can talk. You can talk about it. You're not no nothing wrong with that, because your opinion is your opinion, right? All right, the telephone number to get in touch, 203-336-9756. And uh, I know it's usual for me, when I open the phone line, you call like um, two or three minutes before closing time. You see, everybody's flying. All lights are blinking. No, I want you to call now, right? Because at 9.55, it will be time for public service announcements. I'll make, take my leave of here and I can't go a second a millisecond over so call now let us talk if you think that the former guy in the White House is the best since sliced bread we can talk about it alright uh, let's uh, get on the air let's uh, see hello good morning you're on what's your point what's in your mind hello yes uh, a pleasant good morning to you my brother Garnet uh, Ankle Yes. Good morning, sir. How are you? Uh, I hope I'm coming in clear. Um, uh, first off, you know, of course, uh, my condolences to you, you know, your family, uh, and of course your friends with uh, what I heard was, you know, your most recent loss. Um, as we know, life, some say that, uh, you know, life returns from where it comes and we'll see each other again one day. Indeed. But Garnet, I appreciate you. I'm glad you're back. <laughs> 
Thank you. Um, you know, I'm, uh, I've been listening to you for a while, and I appreciate the fact that you actually did uh, open up the floor. Uh, what's my point, Garnet? Uh, Garnet, for me, uh, and I don't want to premise yet as to who I am yet, because, you know, there goes the bias. But Yes, I don't, necess- I don't know who you are, and uh, you don't oh, necessarily I- say if you don't want to. Oh, I, I will definitely let you know uh, who this electrical engineer is um, at the end. But uh, what's my point? My point, Garnet, is that uh, too many, too many uh, of us in this world have embraced uh, and we're passing on to generations what's known as common lies, um, where today I see it as uh, it's a conscious decision. You know, folks have made a conscious decision to move away from the most high. Uh, the one, you know, living God. Uh, and I also know that, uh, again, it's that conscious decision that too many have, they declined the keys that Christ also brought, because we know that it is, it's a picture, it's a, it's, it's a union, it's, it's something for us to do with life. And for me, I understand. What's the point? The point is that we must not forget what is our common oppressor? And it started off with imperialism, but we know it, it's changed to Western imperialism, to oppression. Uh, you know, uh, what we call discrimination, what we call division. You know, and I feel that, uh, you know, my point is that if we as a people, forget that we still have choice, even when it looks as if there's none. Um, these choices can be made uh, to do really great things or really uh, bad things. And uh, it's left up to everyone else now. But in truth, what are we forgetting? We're forgetting that the words had, no, they still have power. And we need to start changing the words we use, and we start to... Uh, move in a direction of unification. Indeed. And, uh, that's, you know, that, that's my point. Yes, and it's a, uh, religion has its place, and religion, uh, to me, is personal. So I believe that um, it doesn't call for religion to somebody to be fair. It doesn't call for religion. It doesn't call for any denomination. You don't have to be religious to be kind and to be gentle and to treat others with respect. It doesn't call for religion because religion should be a personal thing between your God, whomever you conceive him or her to be. So you should be able to, as a person, as a person of this universe, of this world, should be able to look and say, you know what? I want to treat that person with the same respect I would like him or her to treat me. That's how we should live. Your thoughts? The golden rule. Indeed. Do unto others as we wish be done unto ourselves, or just treat Mati like you want to be treated. Indeed. You know, I'm from Guyana. No, of course, uh, I was received in Georgetown, Guyana, but due to something that happened maybe in 1400s, 1300s, when we talk about this Holocaust that goes unmentioned and played down. The African Holocaust, huh? Yes, sir. Yeah, you heard me talk about it earlier on, huh? Well, I, I've been listening to you for years, and, or at least, you know, long enough, I've been listening to you. And I know that when it comes to our people and what it is that we were to address, which is a mental bondage, it's a mental uh, set of chains that are around the minds that are not evolving, hence they're not knowing their identities, they're not knowing their sovereignty, their power, they're not knowing what citizenship grants them. Or if not like we know, how highly Selassie has brought to all Rastafari. It is education is your key. As Christ also came, or he traveled, returned, brought that education, healed many, everyone, you know, and he also, you know, gave, uh, you know, 12 disciples to take on his message once he completed his task. But we all have tasks. Uh, speaking of those tasks, uh, for, for me, Garnet, is it unfortunate that I am a citizen and I am an electrical engineer and I did choose uh, that route as opposed to maybe a traditional tradesman where, as a citizen, I became a Republican and I understood some things about if Frederick Douglass was the one that founded the Republican Party and the fact that we do know today people are good and evil, right? 
So therefore, on both sides of this two-party system where we know maybe it should have been one. Sorry, you um, said Frederick Douglass uh, uh, implemented the party? Frederick Douglass was an early member of the Republican Party, but I, I don't think he was the one who founded it. Well, I'm going to... Some of the things that I would say to you and I would hope I would have the opportunity would stem from what was at a time Africans, African-American studies at SUNY, Stony Brook University, where I attended. Um, I did not complete. I did move forward and, you know, I got my bachelor's in electrical engineering from Clarkson University. But, you know, 20 plus years as a design engineer all over the power distribution, that's not what I'm really um, addressing. Uh, uh, I'm addressing the fact that throughout history, uh, depending on what institution that you attended or maybe you didn't, what truth or knowledge would would be granted to you. But we all know it's the tradition of speaking with each other, speaking to everyone. doesn't matter the walks of life or culture. It's where we get the education. So I've managed to do my part, Garnet, and I did go into history, and I did understand that you have to make connections. Like, for instance, Haiti. Haiti was one of the very first opportunities for, and I don't want to keep saying it because that's part of our problem. We have to leave the colors in the crayon box. But Haiti was no, one sorry, of the first. No, sorry, sorry. We, we have to talk about it. I mean, we, have to talk about, we, we can't pretend. We have to talk about colors. And yes, Haiti was the first country in this part of the world to have gained its independence before, even before this country. And Haiti is continually so? paying the price for that. And it's wrong. Well, t- well we know that it was... Uh, was it... Um, it was uh, Toussaint? No. Yes, Toussaint Louverture. Toussaint Louverture and Bookman, who was a Jamaican, who many people don't talk about. Bookman was also in there with Toussaint Louverture, helped to throw off, throw off the the, 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 the French and, and gain its independence. Okay, now, stay there, because at that very moment, we had an opportunity for a land to be a true republic. Everyone free, not black man free, white man free, but you're free and equal as man and woman. But we know at times, everyone seems to forget uh, the mistakes past where, as it was written, you know, Lucifer and Satan was cast out with a third somewhere. So isn't that the reason why the people decided not to go back to the jobs? They called it the slave jobs. And before you know it, they couldn't compete with the world. And we missed an opportunity at showing that there is a way for us to be a republic, for everyone to be equal, for everyone to have a moral obligation. And, of course, when it comes to meaningful lives, I mean, you know, who wants to not have a meaningful life, Garnet? You know, and why there isn't more people or more looking towards having a meaningful life. But like we said, golden rule. If more people look at what's different as opposed to look what's the same, I think that's the problem. But my last point here is this. No more colors, no more black, no more white. Why? Because if we keep saying black, as I said, it was these organizations all in cahoots that gave us first what? Negro, colored, Afro-American, African-American, what were we? You know, it's, it's time for us to know our yes, identity. but at the That's same time, right. what I'm saying here, too, is that we can't forget. We, we can't turn a blind eye. Yes, I am black. Yes, that guy over there is white. We have to realize those are facts. And we need to move from there to unite, to form, form a united force. We can't pretend. And that's what's going on here. White people in general in this country, they refuse and and afraid to talk about racism and those because they think that it's a big sick over the head. No, their four parents did that. They had no control over that. But they need to look and say, what do we do from here to make us a united force by bringing black people together? That is what we're talking about. We can't forget that... I'm black, and next level there's white. We can't pretend that these things don't happen. And that's why we're, this is going on today. That's why we had a guy in the White House, formerly, who, who was such a racist, because he, he didn't start racism. He only fueled the fire and brought okay. out the ugly part of us. Okay, so now, Garnet, we're on the last subject, which was 
um, when it comes to the white and the black, right? Why did I say we should leave it in the crayon box? Is because that's the start of what used to be called a multiple personality disorder or something else um, where it comes to an identity disorder, where even for my brothers and sisters, I say to them, you know, the white is not. Meaning when you look at what they wanted, white was to be Aryan and pure. But we now know that that is not uh, a reality as we all mixed with each other. So what I'm saying is instead of being, I know black is beautiful, but there's someone saying white is beautiful. That's when I say, wait, stop. Why don't we, you're not white. You might be Scottish and Irish and you have a little bit more of French and maybe something else in and, you and yeah, before you, you know it we're talking uh, the same and you know but right? I, I, sorry sorry to interrupt but i just remember something here just a, a couple of days ago i was talking to a, a, a student mm -hmm. and about life and so on this guy's about 12 years old and i said to him you know you are black and i am black and you know he said mm -hmm. to me what? no mr anchor you are brown see your skin it's brown you're not black i'm brown i said listen my shade might be brown but i am black and we need to be proud of that fact. So even schools, children in schools are not sure of their own identity. So may I share with you what my 12-year-old said to me when his mother painted the living room? He said, you know, that color yellow looks Mexican. That is a problem. <laughs> so yes. for me, I understand when these folks want to come up with this thing called critical race mm -hmm, theory, mm -hmm. and they want to associate colors with what I'm saying, Stop changing the words. It's nationalism. Everyone should be associated with a piece of land because it comes with culture. With that culture gives you what? You have obligations and responsibilities to do what? Exactly. And before we know it, Garnet, we're actually moving in a different direction because we're at this point now. We understood one thing. We were supposed to, number one, exercise our, our First Amendment rights democratically. Speaking, where you listen, I be quiet. I speak, you be quiet. But in this republic, it was supposed to be an experiment that we knew was doomed to fail only because everyone has to voluntarily want to make this happen. Okay, everyone has to voluntarily want to not steal and lie and join some corrupt force, be it a pirate or worse. So what I'm saying is this. When it comes to everything that we understand today, it is the truth that the lies that we, are, we have from 1901, Garnet, we're going back into history. Uh, it was important for the masses to be controlled by educating and informing them using a word called, called propaganda. And, and for, for my understanding, the only way out was, of course, you have to circumcision of the heart. You know, when it comes to Christ, we know the difference. We know the golden rule. We know there's universal truth. We know that this experiment is real. We know that it, it, it's going to come to fruition. But we take that into practice, and our actions align with our values. And before you know it, we're all moving in the same way, which is what? Towards a national w will. This is where Malcolm X left off. Indeed. You know, my brother left off, you know, where we were supposed to say at some point, it doesn't matter where, what is your culture. It is the fact that you want good. Not for only for you, but for me. Indeed. And that's what the Republic was supposed to be. So now, I'm sorry to say that uh, it seems like um, plans were in action to deceive. And I only know one person deceives, and his name is Lucifer, Satan, and the devil. And for me... Uh, I, I am a Republican. I said that. And when it comes to the 45th president and his involvement, it wasn't just him. Stop it. It's an administration and a bunch of good people that decided to do what? We need to take back our republic. Indeed. We need to know. Hold um, on to it. Go ahead. Yes. And uh, yes, uh, if we had more time, you know, to give other people a chance to speak. Yeah, well. I'm but so sorry. But if we had more time. I, no, but it's I fine. It's you. fine. If we had I more time, we'd, we'd talk some. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, if we had more time, life. we would yes. talk more about your Republican and why you continue to be Republican. But maybe I will call we'll again if that. you give me the opportunity. I okay. appreciate you. I'm in Connecticut, by the way. Um, I reside. I live there. Uh, my children, too, in college and everything. Everything is great. I give thanks and praises always to the most high. You know, Jot Rastafari or Mamlak. Uh, and I thank you, Garnet. I thank you. You're welcome. Be well. 
Thanks. You too. Uh, yeah, very interesting call there. And uh, yes, so yeah, uh, it's uh, 20 minutes to the top of the hour, wherever in the world you are listening. Uh, yes, and um, very interesting call. You can call in to um, see what you want about what you just heard from that caller. Uh, the telephone number to get in touch, 203-336-9756. That's 203-336-9756. And, uh, you know, as I keep saying, it's so nice to be back in the air. I'm standing. I've been standing all morning. I don't sit sometimes. You know, uh, so I'm not going to say I'm sitting in the air chair. I'm standing in the studio. It's so nice to, to be back after 20 months away doing um, recorded shows. Let's get back to the telephone line. Hello, good morning. What's your point? What's in your mind? Hello? Hello, good morning. Good morning, sir. I was just listening uh, to uh, the last caller. I was just calling uh, to, uh, to comment. I don't know if that's possible right now. Yes, go ahead. Yes, you, you're free. Yeah, hi. Um, well, first of all, I will identify myself that uh, I am uh, Irish-American. I grew up in the Hill section of New Haven in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, and I was, you know, I had a unique experience in that the fact that I identified a conceptual of race as a white American. I was a minority in my neighborhood. And um, so I think I have a unique perspective, but I wanted to comment on the, the Haitian, um, the revolution in that, uh, number one, yes, it's true that um, the Haitians, because of the pain of slavery, that um, any slave jobs, for example, harvesting of sugarcane, which is very profitable, was rejected. However, the United States, France, and, and Great Britain also conspired to, uh, to blockade and boycott uh, Haiti as well, and put them in a terrible situation from the get-go. So there was a conspiracy by the colonial slave powers of the of the time. And I'm uh, sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt too much, but that was rooted in racism, their behavior, these three countries, including the United States at the time. Go ahead. Sorry. This is true. This is true. And, and I think we have to remember also that when I get back to my origins, that you know, race is a manufactured concept. There is only one race. There is the human race. And the Irish, for example, that I identify with, um, although they are very light-skinned in color, the Irish were not identified as white in the United States un until, until the 20th century. Um, and with that said, um, I, think that my, I think my message this morning, I will keep it brief as I'm traveling through the wonderful city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Uh, there is hope, and although I think Trump, what Donald Trump did was he exposed the ugliness that a lot of us thought had been killed. That had, so, I'm sorry, that, sorry, why did you think so? I never thought so. Why did you think the implementation or the come to power of a black president would change that? It's going to take a time for that to change. And the Republicans, remember... They didn't give President Obama to do much, anything. They block him at every no, goal, but continue. you're exactly, you're exactly right. No, that, that from the get-go, from the get-go, Mitch, uh, Mitch McConnell said our number one goal as Republicans is to make this man fail. That is exactly what he said. To make him a one-term one president. That is exactly what he said. There is no doubt about that. And, um, and, and again, the only, the only... The only policy that the Republican Party has right now is one. It is to stifle the vote. It is to it is to it is to it is to limit voter participation. You call it that is, a policy? It it is. I don't know if you want to call it a policy, it's but nothing. I know that is it's, their primary objective. It's their, their primary, primary objective, ob but I wouldn't call it a policy. It's their primary objective. That's the only objective. Democracy. Yes. Destroy democracies. That is what it is. That is the only, the only objective right now of the Republican Party. That is it. But I do feel that there is hope in that. I think for a lot of us who, after Obama was elected, we thought that we had hit a point where okay, we are finally beyond the ugliness 
uh, that exists in our country, and we've realized now that it, it, it's there. It is there, and I think a lot of these people who have been hiding under their rocks for years have finally been yeah, exposed. But you see, I don't understand. You know, when people say that to me, I'm surprised. Why do you think the, the, the coming to power of a guy, a black guy, would cause we just suddenly disappear? No, it was just swept under the carpet. I, I knew it was still there. And it's taken a while for us to get rid of it. These things don't go away overnight. And I knew something like this would have happened. It doesn't go away overnight. So I'm surprised that a lot of people are saying that they thought it went away. It don't go away overnight. Go ahead. Sorry. I think you just touched on another, another very good point. In the United States of America, we are a young country. This is an, a young country. And our context is so, so, so new that we think 200 years is a long period of time. You know, it is actually in world history, in the rest of the world, it's a very short history in Indeed. time. Indeed. So I thank you so much, and uh, thank you for allowing me to, uh, to just uh, have a conversation with you. Jao Rastai Selassie. you welcome. Thank you. Have a great day. Uh, thank you so much. Indeed. Another interesting call there. You know, it's, it's a bit surprising, you know, that uh, people think that Obama coming to the presidency would change. No, people don't just change overnight like that. And uh, racism is institutional. Racism in this country is systemic. It is a part of the culture. It's found everywhere, in the schools, in businesses, in the banks, everywhere. Some people seem to be racist and don't even realize that they're racists. You know, so this is systemic. It's endemic. It's in the, in, in, in the psyche of the country. So... To four years, eight years of a black president, it's not going to change anything. And then you have a Republican Party up against this black man. Oh, this man was such a gentleman. Even when they're saying racist things about him, he just continued along his merry way. I know it affected him, but it didn't show it to the world. You know, so it's going to take a while for, for this to change. Look at what's going on in South Africa, the end of apartheid. You have the ANC. Mandela must be turning in his grave right now. You have the ANC robbing and raping the country. His own black people who are there now, not working in the interest of everybody, not working in the interest of the whites and the blacks and trying to put people... No, you're fattening their own financial nests and these guys need to go to jail. They're dangerous people. All right, let's uh, get back to the telephone. Hello? Okay, uh, this person had left us. Uh, you may call again. Uh, it's 203-336-9756 is the number to get in touch. Uh, sorry for the what happened a while ago. All right, let's uh, see whether the person is there. Hello, hello, good morning. Hello, good morning. Okay, maybe the person doesn't necessarily want to call. Uh, you know, you know, it's, it's okay, as I said, you can be anonymous because I, I don't necessarily need to know your name if you don't wish to share because um, we're just here to talk about life and the world, that kind of thing. Let's try again and see what's going on here. Uh, hello, good hello, morning. Hello, hi, good morning. Garrett. Hello. Uh, this is this is Zabby, and I wanted to recommend to the previous listener and to you and to all the listeners of your program to uh, listen to the Ralph Nader show tonight at six p.m. on WPKN. I heard it already yesterday um, on WBAI at six a.m., and uh, it's a, a very it's to the point of um, of. Black of the language, uh, using language. I'm so glad the previous caller spoke about the importance of words. And so uh, that's my recommendation because um, I think it would be uh, basically had a, a wonderful guest, an attorney from um, Harvard Law, a black attorney from Harvard Law, who had just written a book. And um, the book is uh, describing how um, language can sometimes uh, separate us, and especially I like the use of the color metaphism, uh, metaphor that the previous caller um, used to put away the colors and not use that kind of terminology because it can 
divide. But that's not to say that we shouldn't be uh, trying to make sure that our identity, that the group that we identify doesn't go forward, but the idea is for us to be unified. And I liked how you said that at the beginning, and your caller said that. That's the objective, to unify. Indeed. Uh, thank you so much for the call. And the, the Ralph Nader Show later on here on WPK at 6 p.m. 6 p.m., right. Okay. All right. Thank you so much for your call. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. Indeed. Yes. So, yes. So, uh, yeah, uh, you know, um, I have a lot of opinions, you know, but my opinions are based on facts. Wherever the facts lead me, that's where I go. It doesn't matter even if it's hard, cold facts. Even if it's about me, something bad somebody says about me, and it's true, I have to live up to it because I want to be a better person. That's how I am personally. You know, so my opinions are based on facts. And if you're going to base our opinions off some nebulous things out there and get into some dystopian situation, then you're losing me. You know? Apart from Cheney and Kinzinger, who else is standing up to this racist man to drive him out of the Republican Party to start anew? Because the status quo is not, it's not working. If all Republicans have is a racist, undemocratic, demagogic person, who should they, why, why should they be put in positions of power in the United States? They're going to destroy this nation. The question is, why should people vote Republican these days? Why? Give me a good reason. Why? When the Republicans all over are sitting and saying nothing, as this guy even today, even the, on the even as we speak, are saying that he won the election, I would know that's not true. This guy who spoke thousands of lies as president, even children these days are so lie. It's 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 dangerous. They're telling a lie right looking at you, saying you're doing something when you're not doing it. Are these children a microcosm of the entire society? What is happening here? We are living in serious times, my friend. It's no joke. Why, after four dangerous years, and the country lived on the edge, the world was in a state of shock for four years. And this guy wants to come back? What about the things that he's accused of doing? Why, why shouldn't he be barred from end holding public office again? Why shouldn't he be brought up for trial? And the president is not the man to do this. The, the attorney general who's a people's lawyer. Why can't Merrick Garland summon this guy, do something about him, try him for some of these things. Thousands of people were died as a result of COVID while he was president and nothing happened. He is responsible for those. Except the, 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 the 6th of January happened. If we don't do something about this guy who behaves as if he's untouchable, maybe Biden can do the same thing too and thinks he can get away with it. Maybe upcoming leaders. We need to make an example of this guy. And this is not anything personal. This is about reality. Let's get back to the telephone. Hello. Good morning. Yes. We have just about a, a minute to go. Yes. Um, Garrett, yes. Um, I just wanted to give you the name of the book and the author, just in case um, the listeners can't hear Ralph Nader. His guest was Ra uh, Randall Kennedy, um, yes. Sorry. I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're out of time. Sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. We're, we're, we're out of time. And culture. Yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Next time we can talk about this, but <laughs> but no, we're out. We're out of time. I just wanted to give you the book's name. Say it loud on race, law, history, and culture. Yeah. Thank you so much. We've got to go. All right. Okay. Uh, thanks. And uh, we've come to the end of the show. Uh, next uh, fortnight, I'll be back. So you do stay tuned.
Support comes from AlzoDigital.com, hardware for film and video sold online. Alzo Digital is a sponsor of Jam for Erica, Sunday, October 24th, 1 to 5 p.m. at New Salem Brewery, Newtown. The Doug Wahlberg Band, Spontaneous Combustion, and New Desperation Band, plus craft beer and food. Proceeds to the medical and life expenses of Erica Schwichtenberg, blues violinist and singer who's a fixture of the area music scene and has two ongoing health crises. Tickets and info by searching Eventbrite Jam for Erica. This is FC Buzz on WPKN Radio. A brief look at what's happening around Fairfield County. This is David Green with the Cultural Alliance of Fairfield County and our weekly selection from FC Buzz Events, the best guide to arts and culture in coastal Fairfield County. Find it at culturalalliancefc.org. Sunday at noon, the Fairfield Museum and History Center, in partnership with the Town of Fairfield and the Fairfield Chamber of Commerce, presents the fifth annual Halloween on the Green event on the Museum Commons behind the Fairfield Museum. This free family event features trick-or-treating, giveaways, displays in the historic buildings, food vendors, a bounce house, and more. Sunday 1 p.m., it's Sunday Fun Day. Join a glass fusing workshop at the Hafner Creative Space in Norwalk with Dorothy Hafner an award-winning glass artist. Learn to freeform cut, nip, and slice colored glass to create your own unique designs in radiant colors. After kiln fusing, choose plate-shaped, flat, or window hanging to complete your projects. Sunday, 1.30 p.m., come over to Stamford's Overbrook Nature Center and meet a few slimy and scaly creatures in the next Outdoor Adventures at the Stamford Museum and Nature Center, drawing reptiles and amphibians. You'll be introduced to some amazing animal ambassadors and learn how to capture their likeness on the page. Everyone will take home a sketchbook and drawing pencil to continue to practice their craft, limited to 10 children ages seven and up. Sunday at two, it's the grand opening of the Baby Boomers exhibit at the Stamford History Center. This exhibit will display items and memorabilia telling a story of what it was like growing up as a baby boomer. The exhibit will show ads of TV shows, toys, games, clothing, comic books, and more, and also include objects bringing back Stanford-specific memories. Sunday 2 to 5, get a jump on Halloween at the Jack O'Lantern Stroll at Western Historical Society a fun harvest event for the entire family. Halloween jack-o'-lanterns will light up the historic Coley homestead as you stroll and view hand-carved jack-o'-lanterns and vote for your favorites. Learn about harvest time on a farm outside the Coley barn. Rain date, October 30th. Sunday, 3 o'clock in Westport, dress up in your favorite kid-friendly costume and join Suzuki Music Schools for their annual Spooky Suzuki Concert and Carnival. Enjoy the concert at three and stay for refreshments, activities, and carnival games. Consider donating to the Candy Drive for Color a Positive Thought to provide two low-income Bridgeport neighborhoods with candy. Sunday at 7.30, Westport's Voices Cafe, the live music venue in the Unitarian Church, opens its doors for a concert that brings together two groups for one powerful night of music. The Accidentals and Sawyer Fredericks kick off the cafe's 11th season. The Accidentals are a female-fronted, multi-instrumentalist power trio about which Billboard wrote, this group displays a genre-hopping range of influences and some smart songwriting skills to go with their abundant musical chops live and streamed. For details on these and hundreds more events, check FC Buzz Events at culturalalliancefc.org. You're listening to WPKN Bridgeport 89.5 FM and streaming at wpkn.org.